We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Napa know-how. The Napa guy knows not to judge a man by his car's multicolored paint job or absence of modern gadgetry. Who cares if it's technically old enough to vote and the windows are powered by the strength of your left arm? Your monthly payment is zero, and it'll stay that way. Because with over 500,000 parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep anything on the road. She may not be pretty, but she's all yours. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Let's just jump in before we blow anything else. Uh, phrasing. Um, all right. This is the Fantasy Soccer Podcast, brought to you by Rotowire.com, your premier source for fantasy sports. For news, rankings, projections, DFS lineup optimizers, and more, head over to rotowire.com slash soccer. And now, here are your hosts, Mike Gottlieb and Andrew Laird. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. I am your host, Mike Gottlieb, and with me, as always, is Andrew Laird. And uh, if you notice my my normally uh, booming and jovial voice is slightly muted, it's because I am on the road, so my home recording equipment is not with me. Uh, Andrew, welcome, and uh, welcome from the... I would say normally the hot and humid Houston, Texas, but it's literally just humid. It's going to rain a foot 
which I, I've never thought I had to say that expression before. Yeah, that's usually a snow situation, not rain. Correct. And uh, I believe Houston is the air conditioning capital of the world. Am I mistaken it's the, about that? It's, it's one of the energy capitals of this country. I don't know about the world, but the, uh, well, I know energy, but I think they're the most air condition. They have the most air conditioned space, maybe of anywhere in the. I would actually say in the world. Since I think Americans tend to be some air conditioning. Well, I don't, I don't know. Dubai might give it a run for it. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. I honestly one. don't know. Uh, I can tell you this though: when I stepped into my hotel room, it was set for sixty-three degrees. Mm. That is cold in yeah, air conditioning terms. That in is air conditioning. Cold. Yeah. I was, and it was thirty degrees in New York when I left, and I came here and walked into the hotel room, and I had my jacket on still, stupidly, and I was freezing. I had to go under the covers and warm up while the temperature went back up. And I am not someone who is easily cold hmm. coming from Syracuse for after 10 years. Oof. It was legit cold in here. Um, I do have a funny story, though, uh, speaking of weather. Uh, so it, it was it, it wasn't even that windy in Houston, but it, they said that, you know, there's this torrential rain coming. So I went and bought a two dollar and 50 cent umbrella thinking that it would last me from today, Tuesday until when I'm leaving. Friday morning, it didn't even last me enough time where I can say the expression from Tuesday until Friday morning out loud. I walked outside the corner store, opened the umbrella, and the canopy just flew across the street. What was the other? What were the other umbrella possibilities? There was a two dollar and fifty cent umbrella. There was a five dollar umbrella. There was a twelve dollar umbrella, and an eighteen dollar umbrella. The eighteen dollar umbrella is one of those umbrellas that you would see people I don't want, I don't want to say marvel cuz that's too kind but they would they would snicker and berate under their breath the person carrying cuz it's so big and so wide my kind of umbrella <laughs> so i just prefer the the ones that will cover me and not blow across the street when i open them well, just because it's bigger doesn't actually. If it's bigger, it'll catch more of the wind. There's no guarantee that thing stays intact. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. So, did it flap inside out as it flew out? Like I'm yes. almost picturing like a bird. Yes, it, 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 it did flap a little bit inside out, but as soon as it got elevation, as soon as it got to about ten feet in the air, it snapped right back and then just carried. It, it, it looked like uh, it looked like an injured bat taking flight. Yeah, there you go. Okay, that's what it looked like, and it was petrifying. And I almost ran into a moving train because in Houston, Texas, you can do that because there's no barrier between humans and the moving train. Are they like trolleys? I mean, not, that's not what I mean. It's an electric vehicle that runs on the on street, the street right? But it's that shaped like dangerous. Well, I'm glad you made it. I did. I did, so I braved the wind, the rain, a moving train, a broken umbrella to be on this podcast today. What, well, thank you very much. When you buy a two dollar and fifty cent umbrella, what do you expect to be dry when you make your when you reach your destination? I just don't want just to, your face. I just don't want to get sick. I just don't want. I don't mind being like wet, but I don't want to be so wet and so cold that I'm going to get sick. Okay, is that fair? Yeah. Yeah, it is. The I wish I had seen that. Everyone and and a couple of people were laughing because as soon as the umbrella canopy broke, I just held the broken rod just in the air as if I had an umbrella and just started walking after it. <laughs> That's how you get struck by lightning. <laughs> That's the one thing. That's another thing I braved to be on the podcast. Potential lightning. Potential lightning. That's right. Well. 
That was a real lightning rod of conversation today. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and that's why we don't win awards. <laughs> that, that is precisely why <laughs> we don't win awards. My terrible punning. All right. Uh, speaking of terrible, the upcoming slate for the Premier League this weekend is going to be terrible. Uh, so let's talk about last weekend because that's what we came here to do anyway. And it's going to be the more interesting of the two podcasts this week, don't you think? The, I think it'll be interesting to see how we can stretch out the next podcast talking about four matches. Oh, I'm sorry, five. Even yeah, just, I'll figure it out. You know me; I could be as long-winded as I need to be. Yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, let's let's talk game week twenty-nine. Yeah, and uh, you know what? What we might do, just to fill. You know, I'm you know what I'm probably going to do. Uh, this is a good way to get our plug in too. Uh, we may also extend the courtesy of talking DraftKings Europa. <laughs> yeah, that's what we'll do. <laughs> That's how we'll stretch out the time. By the way, DraftKings is doing uh, Europa now. Uh, Andrew, tell them about it. That's pretty much all I know. Um, other, well, yeah, that's pretty much all I know. DraftKings is doing your fantasy Europa League, which is pretty hardcore fantasy soccer. Um, the The information yeah. for a lot of the early, I don't know how early they're going to start. Even the group stage matches for Europa League are include some teams that come from countries that you may not have even known existed. Um, so it's just going to be very difficult to confidently go into any of these matches with any sort of knowledge. Um, there's a reason why barely anybody pays attention to the Europa League until essentially the final, and that's only in the last two years when they've made the winner go to the Champions League the following season. But... They're in the round of 16 now, um, which is just like the Champions League. There are some interesting matchups coming up. Uh, Liverpool, Manchester United, and Dort Dortmund Tottenham are the two big ones. And But then you have to figure out who you're going to start from Shakhtar and Anderlecht or Fenerbahce and Braga. And... You, know, you, know who, you know who should be really pissed that they're deciding to do Fantasy Europa League right now? No. The Andrew Laird proclaimed Midgieland. Oh yeah, yeah, I would have been all over the, Midgieland. They can get their name names all up on the internet, and yeah. people may actually know who they are. And yeah. now, oh. yeah, it's uh, my my first thought was if you were going to expand, expand to another domestic league that we have information about, and there's just not enough information, like the. I noticed last week that DraftKings was starting to show some Europa League um, game logs on the site. I noticed it from Harry Kane, and because um, Spurs played Fiorentina in the round of 32, and it's like, well, that's nice to like include that because now you know how they played recently, whereas previously they had just not shown it. Like they could have played two matches by the time they played their last Premier League match, but I didn't realize this was the next step. And I just feel like we're they made the wrong choice. That's just my opinion. I would have liked to seen them do maybe Bundesliga only because um, it's widely televised here in the U.S. It is. And it's from my own following of all the European leagues. It's the most English friendly one. Um, they have a fantastic English language league website most of the teams have English language sites, which is not the case for 
every team in Spain, Italy, and France. Um, so I, I would have gone that route. My guess is that Europa League at least keeps the UK followers, the new UK users, um, happy because yeah. they they can play some more Liverpool and Manchester United. But I don't know. It's a this feels like a stretch to me. I'll I'll note that Mondo Gold's done it for two years, but they've kind of and Spurs, right? Yeah, um, they've kind of branded themselves as being able to cover everything. I mean, they do Chinese Super League now, and like if that's your thing, that's great. But like that DraftKings, uh, you know, DraftKings tries to say they cover every sport, which I get, but I'm not sure Europa League was the next, the progressive step to the Champions League. But hey, more soccer. Europa so League is it. not a sport. Well, yes. <laughs> I just mean expanding. Yeah, I, I know, I know, I know, I know. But you're right. All right, let, let, let's let, let's talk about let's talk about the game that we actually play and we love and talk about it every week. Uh, game week twenty nine of the Premier League is over. That means that all the game weeks will start with three, and that means there's only eight left. That's crazy. Uh, or technically nine. Nine, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's, it was a weird weekend. Um, and, and the weirdness started with the first half of the first game, which was Aston Villa and Man- uh, visiting Manchester City. Predictably, they, they lost four nil, but that that wasn't. I mean, that was half the story, literally. Um, you're first- you're going to skip the first for the first game of the weekend. That was that was one of the ten o'clocks. You're skipping the North London derby. No. That didn't, that didn't happen first. No, Kenny, you're right. Um, yeah, it, <laughs> I was I was perfectly content to skip that one last week. Oh, this is I forgot to hit the the uh, the expand button on my fixture hmm. on my fixture list. Yes, if you had, if Saturday you told the me North on, London Derby seven twenty five in the morning. If you told me on like last Friday that we weren't even going to talk about that match, I would have been perfectly fine with that. <laughs> well, we'll talk about it now because. Um, there's no, there's no way I can't retreat. From no what hiding I was just it now. Doing. Uh, we'll talk, we'll talk about Manchester City soon. I promise, Manchester City fans. You can go back to binging House of Cards for the next twenty minutes, and then we'll come back to <laughs> Manchester City. Okay, uh, Tottenham are at home. We're at home against Arsenal. Um, this was a, this was a game of twists and turns. Uh, Francis Coquelin took a dumb red card, which was great. Uh, Tottenham turned the, turned the Arsenal one nil lead around to lead two one. And then Arsenal through Alexis Sanchez. Great timing for him to break his goal, uh, goal drought. Uh, leveled uh, in the 70-something minute uh, with about 20 minutes to go. Uh, split the spoils, and no one was happier than Leicester City. Yeah, perfect result for them. The I believe in, my pre, in, my, in our preview pod that the two guys I gave the most crap to were Aaron Ramsey and Alexis Sanchez, who happened to to be the goal scorers for Arsenal in this one. Ramsey's goal, my only response to it was it was this great back heel. Back flick. Back flick, excuse me. Um, was with the way that he's been playing, I can't believe he had the balls to try that. But it went in, so I had to feel good about it. <laughs> uh, they call that, uh, basically, it looked like he had a, a, a so in the, at least in Brooklyn, this is what they call this. Uh, he looked like he had like a, a recent haircut, and that's called a fresh cut confidence. Ah, there we go. Um, yes i believe that's exactly what it was and it went in and now i can't be angry about him (laughs) trying crap like that when you haven't scored in what feels like eight years but yeah great result for lester um and given that i don't think arsenal win the title i'll happily let less cheer lester on 
Now eight I points really, clear of Arsenal. I really feel like everyone except top, uh, Spurs fans are cheering for Leicester at this point. Totally. Totally. I don't know how anybody could not want them to win. Like knowing that. Well, you... I can tell you some people who don't want them to win. That would be the managers of Arsenal. Oh, well, sure. Uh, but I mean, <laughs> they, because, because you have to think, and this has been something that ESPN's brought up a couple of times on ESPN FC. You know, the owners of the big clubs are going to be looking at their managers and their and their and the, the management staff, the, the the boards and say, why are Leicester able to do this with a far less, uh, far smaller budget? Uh, I think the I think they're overplaying that. I think it's really only two sides, and one of them has already made a change. Like Arsene Wenger is not going anywhere, and Man City already made the change, and United has been a mess all season. So um, I'm not sure Leicester's run really changes too much. And Chelsea don't make their change. Well, they were yeah, they were exactly. So I'm not sure they're run. I, in fact, I would argue that they want Leicester to win just as much as any as anyone else should. Because they can just kind of chalk it up to a crazy year, and it's not like Chelsea are going to have to watch Man City win the title, or Arsenal is going to have to watch Spurs win the title. They everybody needs Leicester to win, except Spurs, who are still in it. And you have to think that if you're Spurs, or you know, this is your best chance. Yes, yeah, because obviously Man City, you know, they're not they're going to be a a contender anyway. But now with Pep coming in, God knows who they'll bring in in the summer. Um, Liverpool with a full, full uh, you know, uh, preseason or, re- you know, the rest of this season and preseason with Klopp, who they get, um, you know, they'll obviously better. Chelsea's not going to be a 10th place team next year. So, yeah, this is it. I would say Arsenal, but they're in this spot every year. So, yeah, it's it, it, uh, and Pochettino, you know, there the rumors are getting a little heavier that that big clubs are really looking at them. Yeah, I I'm not sure how many. I don't, I don't think this year, but yeah, I I wonder which big club he would really want to go to. Chelsea. Uh, they they have their guy. That's over. I uh, just. You disagree? Uh, I I don't know. I I, right. I I I think if Pochettino said to Roman Abramovich, "Hey, I'd like to go to Chelsea next year," I don't think the answer is immediately no. We already have our guy. Okay. Is that fair? Yeah. I'm not sure the answer is yes, but I'll give you that. I mean, I think he gets a meeting. Okay. Okay. I think one guy that was in that club and is no longer is Ronald Koeman. I don't think anybody wants him now. Yeah, no, not, no. Yeah, yeah probably, yeah. I still think he's great, but the recent results, and we'll talk about it right now, it's a perfect segue, uh, Southampton drew 1-1 against Sunderland at home at St. Yeah. Mary's. Um, Sam Allardyce keep picking up points. Yeah. They're now out of the drop. Yeah, by one. But yeah, get, they're out. Over, over Newcastle, which is a double victory for them. Yeah, Newcastle has a game in hand, although we mentioned that that's against Man City, so it's it would be shocking if they got a point out of that one. So, um, yeah, it's a... It, it was a good point, a great point for Sunderland and a poor result for Southampton. But who, at this point, they might as well just coast to the end of, end of the season, right? I mean, they're not going to legitimately compete for a top for a European spot. They're eight points behind West Ham. I don't know. It's it's it's, it's disappointing because they've got a lot of nice pieces, but it's not. And, and some of them are moving on. But one thing that did happen was Dusan Tadic started. Yeah. Um. 
it seems like it's more out of, I don't want to call it desperation, but uh, I'm not sure there was enough there to say he's definitely starting every game now. Like the, if they let him, you know, if they sold him in the summer, nobody would be surprised. Agreed. So maybe they're playing I, I, it for that reason. I think the list, the list may be growing as far as who may be going. Uh, yeah. Because before we were saying, oh, it's, you know, it's just Mane. And now it's Mane and Wanyama because Wanyama is playing as if he doesn't want to be there anymore either. Yep. Uh, and now you're talking about possibly Dusan Tadis because he doesn't play enough. The, the list is growing and. Wouldn't be shocked if Graziano Pele left either. That's another. With Charlie, with Charlie Austin, yeah? Yeah. Jose yeah, Font already tried to leave, and then they made him captain, so I guess he has to stay. Is that how that works? No, definitely not. But say, by that, by that, Fabian uh, Delph showed us that doesn't help. Exactly. I was, about to, I was literally just about to talk about him. And then also <laughs> how John Joe is going to be at Newcastle for life because of how quickly he became captain. <laughs> so, uh, I hope they stay up just for him. On the Sunderland side. He can go. He can go somewhere else next uh, after the season. Shelby. Yeah. Yeah. Good. I don't think he would. But anyway, uh, Southampton. It it, it 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 you know the old expression. It gets better. I don't think it gets better. I agree. I think uh, what's weird is that um, Tony Pulis to kind of switch for a second noted the other day that like once um, they hit. Um, they're 40 points or 39 now West Brom. Um, they're going to try to go for like a club record point. And like, I get trying to do that, like keeps the guys motivated, but like Southampton's not going to reach that. And so they're going to have the opposite. Like they've, they've coast, they have gotten here and they have no reason to kind of like keep playing at all. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, and the person who's, it's been toughest on for Southampton. I mean, Matt targets now not playing. So you know, he was a, a favorite of yours and then a, recently a favorite of mine, and now he's not. And, be, and as soon as I adapted him, not playing anymore. Yeah, he's hurt now, I think, or hopefully he's hurt. He, Well, he, he'd only started in, I think, two of the last five or six games. Not many is basically what I'm trying to say. Yeah, it seems like um, Kuman keeps trying to figure out who, like what his best defensive lineup is. He was using three in the back for a while. Um, he keeps trying to figure out how to wait and get – Maya Yoshida involved, which um, I know you're not the biggest fan of, but it it seems weird to me that he would switch it up so much, and and then it worked, but then he went back off of it. Like Target was perfectly fine when they were playing. Maybe he didn't like the back three as much, but I don't know. It seems like he doesn't know what he's doing anymore, which is kind of weird from him because they were so good last year playing the guys that we all picked in the preseason, like Pele, Tadic, and Mane. Yeah, speaking of teams that were really good last season and not very good this season, Chelsea were at home and playing against Stoke City, and Chelsea took the lead through Bertrand Traore, who played up front for Diego Costa. Uh, Goose hitting pulled the pulled the triple deke here. <laughs> Diego Costa wasn't playing, and then he was going to play, and then he didn't play. Yeah. I looked really smart for about five minutes. Yes. I would even give you six minutes. Um, do you think Traore starts tomorrow's Champions League match? Uh, maybe not up top, but he, if if Costa's healthy, but he may be on the right wing instead of Oscar. Oscar, yeah, because they need to score. Yep, they they can't afford to not score. That's the one thing they cannot do. Yeah, I think he's got two goals and an assist in his last three. 
Yeah. And he scored in almost every every appearance he's made. Yeah. Um, John Terry was ruled out for that match. I think that's, I think that's a good thing. And I was just I tweeted today. Is there any Chelsea fan that wants him back? A lot of them probably do. Really? Uh, yeah, because they like his leadership, his on his on field leadership, and they it, it, it's it's the it's the leader of the club for the past decade. Hmm. You know, it's hard to give up that quickly. I guess. I guess. They are so much better without him. <laughs> I agree. And the person who's really a lot better without him is Bronislav Ivanovic. Yep. Yep. He, 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 if he starts at center back, I like how he plays. If he starts at right back, I think he's the worst person in the world. For the many things that you opine on on this podcast, you have been completely right about that one from the beginning. It's because it's my team. I'll give you that one. <laughs> it's because it's I watch it all the time. Yeah. I, I can I can see why. But Stoke City threw Mama Juf leveled <laughs> in the second half. Um, I don't get this team. I really don't. I Chelsea Chelsea had the game in hand, even though it was one nil. I, I mean, yeah. What was it? Eight, I'm seeing here, 85th minute. That's almost and, a clean and, sheet. And, and it was it was pretty. It was a pretty dominating performance. I think Stoke had a, a good chance in the first half, but. It, it wasn't like it was one of those games where you know it was it was anyone's game. It looked like it, it you know, it was it, it was a nice microcosm of Chelsea season. They looked very dominant and didn't get a win. Yeah, and it's playing Stoke with the guys that they started in the back. I mean, I guess three of four theoretically could be regular starters, but Cameron Jeff Cameron's coming off a pretty long injury. Muniesa doesn't start at all, so. I mean, they had Wolshide and Peters, but that's not a team that that should be able to contain Chelsea. No, they shouldn't. Ruben Loftus-Cheek got on the field. Did you know he still played for them? Nope. <laughs> Thought they loaned him out to Vitesse. Yeah. Still uh, no pot, uh, Pato. Well, I, I, that's not surprising to me. Uh, I didn't think – I think I thought it was a very good move that they only took him on loan because it gave them no risk. Yeah. So it, it was a, per, a great move. Be loan with an option to buy, probably for nothing. And then they can sell Oscar for fifty million pounds or however they oh, whoever they rip did off. Did you hear the most recent rumor? This should be good. Diego Costa to PSG. Oh, to PSG. I did hear that for forty-seven million dollars, which I think is a twenty-eight million pounds, something like that. Why not? And is it twenty million and Ibrahimovic? Oh, that'd be great. Ibrahimovic would be free. Would be on a free. That's it's right. Just, it's That's his right. contract. Which would be gigantic. Uh, you know, he's going to go to Seattle. That's where he's going. That's yeah, exactly. what I read the other day. They opened yeah. up a DP spot for him. Because <laughs> everybody knows Latan wants to play in Seattle. All these, all these, all these words I don't know from the MLS. <laughs> uh, designated player. Thank you. Okay, that's what yes. it was. <laughs> all right, let's move on. Swansea City really, really disappointed me because I really had a good feeling about Norwich. Sure did. Norwich scored no goals and Swansea. Scored one, and Gilby Secretson, who ever since uh, I can't pronounce the new manager's name for the life of me, I've tried, um, but we'll just call I think him he's the head coach. Sp- actually, I think they have a manager and a head coach because Curtis since, is still there, isn't he? I don't know. I think Francisco, uh, you know what? Forget it. I'll just call him Fran- Frank. Let's uh, go, Frankie Swans, Frankie G. Uh, ever since Frankie G's uh, promotion, he uh, 
Sigurdsson's been a different player, or yes. not a different player. He's been his former self. There you go. Uh, I, yeah, right. Uh, he's he has either scored or assisted on five of Swansea's last eight goals. Yeah. Now well, I think that's spread out over a long period of time. I was just about to say, yeah, that's uh, four and a half months. But um, Leroy Fair with an assist yep. off the bench, of course. But I think about Sigurdsson, the there's no one else who plays. Like, look at the guys he's lining up with. Well, in the preview pod for this week, I asked you name uh, some other yeah. midfielders. Who was the one I said? And you na- and you named them like Routledge, yeah. Jack Cork, Cork, yeah, and it's... Leon Britton. I think he was the one I mentioned. But, yeah, so like if those guys are around you, then obviously he's just going to shoot more. Yeah. And just uh, I thought I thought you were going to say Nathan Dyer because I really wanted you to say Nathan Dyer. Oh, I'm like, ah, no. oh, he plays for Leicester. No, Leicester. Yeah, I knew that one. <laughs> <laughs> I want I want to catch with one of those one of these days. You will. The, the day is not today. No, but yeah, you know, that's the, plays for Stoke. That's the that's the only the only positive for Swansea is Gilfie Sigurdsson, uh, Lucas Fabianski, uh, a clean sheet, great. Yep, helped my ESA team lose <laughs> by like three points because Solomon Rondon scored a goal. Great. Uh, yep, got just, them all the way to sixteenth in the right. table. Tied right, with that, Palace, which is. Uh, uh, you know, you know, I was about to say Chelsea were pretty happy when they got themselves tied for 16. <laughs> Two I weeks. Ago. Chelsea was very happy about it, but <laughs> anyway, on the Swansea side, I, I, there's Swansea, nobody on that team. There's that no one else. Want. There's no one else but Gilby Sigurdsson. No, I wouldn't. I think that's the only time when Gilby Sigurdsson does well. By the way, is when there's no one else but him. I mean, it it sort of makes sense. It's kind of astonishing how bad IU's been, considering how well he started the year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like what happened to him? We we were talking about him so much because we thought it was such a great deal. There was all this talk. He was the best transfer dollar for dollar because he came on a free, and now it's like I don't think they could give him away. If, if they did give him away, they would have made as much as they paid for him. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. That's It's a weird team. Um, it's a weird— Anyway, that bad joke aside. Yeah. Do you like anyone in Norwich still? I do. And I'll tell you who. And I'll tell you why, even. Please. In the last three weeks, uh, a midfield uh, among midfielders, who do you think has the most shot attempts from inside the 18-yard box? I assume it's not Nathan Redmond. You assume incorrectly, sir. Oh, it gosh. is Nathan Redmond. He's been start. He's been starting again because Norwich have moved to a three-four-three formation. Yes, and he's playing up top in the wide position. Right, with West Wilhand and somehow still Cameron Jerome. I can't believe Cameron Jerome still. Plays. Unbelievable. I, you know, I think this year, if there's one thing we've learned, anyone will play before Patrick Bamford. He did play. No, no, no. Anyone will start before Patrick Bamford. Oh, yes. Yes. I, if I tried out for Norwich tomorrow, I would start before Patrick Bamford. I, I was thinking about this, actually. Um, knowing that he can't start for Palace or Norwich, who do you think he could he would start for? Ipswich Town. So nobody in the Premier League? Uh, I, at this point, at this point, now that it's a second team, it's not just one manager, you really have to start questioning the player, don't you yeah. think? I, I, I question him. And when, that, but... and when and when Wayne Rooney is your coach, 
Just kidding. Alex Neal is the coach, and he's not uh, Alex Neal. Both Alan Pardew and Alex Neal, people respect their intellect in terms of managing. They do, and if they both see this in Patrick Bamford, Chelsea really has to be worried. I agree. But good thing Bertrand Traore is making his move. Yeah. But if there's actually if there's one position where Chelsea have just an embarrassment of young riches, it's at striker. Yeah. But we'll see. Well, I don't know why we're talking so much about a player who doesn't play. Yeah. Sorry about that. That'll be that, that, that that's my fault anyway. I got off on a rant, uh, like I tend to do, but let's talk about the first game of the weekend, Manchester City <laughs> four, Aston Villa nil. Uh, the as I was just about to go into uh, before I was rudely interrupted with facts. Uh, Aston Villa in the first half they looked good defensively. Mm-hmm. A, a new a new team holding off Manchester City. Uh, it was zero zero going into the second half, and, and then was. Aston Villa. I don't know whose mom forgot the orange slices at halftime, <laughs> uh, but good lord, they looked. Awful. Oh, sorry. Yeah. They didn't look awful. They looked normal Aston Villa. Yes. And Remy Gard, he is doing everything he possibly can not to kick and scream and yell at everybody at post-game press conferences. What last, What is there left to say? Uh, that the ownership betrayed me. Oh, and, that, yes. And... <laughs> well, other than, other than that. <laughs> yeah. Other than the fact that they flat-out lied to me when I took this job and now I look like a complete fool. Yeah, I wonder what his next stop will be. Because uh, I'll tell you what the next, this next stop will be. The Empower Championship. Well, I, I don't think so, actually. Oh, he'll, he'll resign. Yeah, uh, he's gone. I, I, I'm not sure if Aston Villa will actually fire him or sack him, whatever you want to call it. I think he'll just resign. That's what I mean. In fact, yeah. I would put the over-under at five minutes after <laughs> the season is over until he resigns. Yeah. I actually wonder if he'll even wait that long. I bet once they clinch relegation, which is definitely going to not happen on the last day because they're so far behind. Um, it's amazing. And I, I I have to look it up. I don't think they have a single point on the road. I think that's right. I'm not positive. But I mean, but that that's partly due to managing, though. Yeah. That's uh, fair. I, I mean, they don't have a win on the road. Oh, they do have a win. They have uh, five points on the road. They have five total points on the road. Okay. Yeah, one win and three draws. They've scored eleven goals, and they've allowed thirty-two on the road. Bad. Wow. Actually, they scored eleven goals at home too. Um, the did we learn anything about Man City though? Um, I wouldn't say learn something. It was nice to see them keep a clean sheet against the team they were supposed to keep a clean sheet against. Okay, I like that. I like that. David Silva, two assists, of course. I, I especially liked it because I ranked Joe Hart first and I started him in DraftKings, so... Yeah, that helps. Um, I just... It it felt like a game that was going to end like this. Like, there was no surprise in this game. And because of that, I'm not sure we learned anything about these teams. It was just nice to see some players get off the schneid. I mean, uh, Sergio Aguero scored. Sterling. Stir- oh, off oh the yeah. Bench. I was just about to say this. Do you think you ever see this again at Manchester City? Jesus Navas getting an assist to Raheem Sterling. To Raheem Sterling. Um, yeah, I probably broke TVs. Uh, I. No. No. That's weird. Right? 
I mean, I think we saw a unicorn. <laughs> there... I didn't see one of those. Yeah, I. Yeah, it's it. It's still two players I would never touch. Um, actually, that's not true. Navas, I would. I always consider because of crosses, but like Silva's two assists don't really change anything for me because I know he can go silent right away and usually have to pay up for him now. Um, thankfully, there. It was nice to see. Oh, Yaya Torre was the the value of all of them. He was the least, yes. the, the the less expensive one of the elite players on that team. Not the Jesus Navas's of the world. But like, how often do you are do you like confidently put him in a lineup? Where you're like, yes, this is Yaya's day. Like it's he he feels like such a crapshoot. Every day should be Yaya's day, considering what he does on the pitch. But that's he's, what I mean. He has he puts up so many three point outings because he does that. Aguero, you know, he's going to take as many shots as he can take, and eventually somebody's going to go in. So like, you're never well, going to question him. There are some games where like Yaya says, "You know what? I'm just going to work on defense today." Right. Exactly. <laughs> I'm going to let Fernandinho attack more. Yeah. Like, come on. He's late tired. (laughs) But uh, you're right. I don't think we learned anything new about either team. Aston Villa is terrible. Manchester City will get the job done against terrible teams. Fair? Fair synopsis of this game? Yes. Okay, let's move on. Newcastle. Oh, my goodness gracious. The the vultures are circling around Steve McLaren's job. Uh, we've, We've heard the Torres whisperer. Uh, Rafa Benitez is now linked. David Moyes is linked. Uh, those are the two big names. I'm sure there are other names on the list. Um, Nigel Pearson, I think I've heard. That would be great for press conferences. Yeah. If Nigel Pe- Oh, man. Could you imagine if Nigel Pearson's first game is against uh, against Sunderland? I mean, right. Oh, that would be a great press conference. Anyway, Newcastle 1, Birdmouth 3, Joshua King is on fire. Uh, Max Gradle even more so on fire, even though he's not scoring. Um, I, I don't know what else to say. Uh, I Perez got a consolation prize for Newcastle at the time. It wasn't a consolation; it was two one. He made the game two one, but Burnmouth left no doubt by scoring the third goal. Yeah, uh, somebody's top ranked defender scored it. Yeah. So speaking of which, uh, you beat me on DraftKings. <laughs> Uh, wait, wait for it, everybody. You started, you know what, what, you know what, I'll get to that in the next game, because the next game and this game tied together. So Charlie Daniels scored, and he was on your team. He was. Uh, it was, it it was a game for the, for the most part that, it was just a typical Bournemouth game. They pinged the ball around the pitch, uh, they scored a couple of really nice goals, and Newcastle were themselves. They just kind of listless and floating about, and not really creating much. Yeah, I'm not sure there's really anything worth saying. Like, well, the, the, I can tell you a couple of things that are worth saying. John Joe got the assist. Yes, I know. John Joe had a big game. He filled up the stat sheet in all sorts of ways. He had tackles. He had crosses. Yeah. He had an assist. Yes. Uh, he 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 has been everything that I said he would be at Newcastle and more. Yes. I don't think there's been a week I haven't started him. The yeah, he he sends in enough crosses to give him a nice little floor, and he's still in that five thousand range. But um, the the difficulty is finding not that you have to find value elsewhere, but like you're not going to touch anybody else on that team. Yeah, right. 
uh, the Winaldum thing is long gone. Until unless Seder Dumbia starts uh, starts starting, his value at his price would be good. I, I guess, except that team stinks around him. Unless you're basically hoping for the Shelby to to uh, Dumbia. Yeah, because Dumbia is very quick, yeah. and he likes to run in the channel, and that's where John Joe is great. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so. Where do you think Max Gradle ranks among midfielders in the past three games? Because now that you know that Nathan Redmond is number one, uh, there's two. The, no, Max Gradle uh, for shots inside the box. He's not two. Um, he's not three. Four. Yes. Four. <laughs> I knew it. It's not a huge number. It's five shot attempts, but they're all from inside the 18. Yeah. Which means that he's advanced. Uh, yep. He's not, uh, he, he's someone who gets in the box. He makes things happen. Um, it's, I mean, the Burnmouth, by the way, in the last three games since he's been starting and since he's returned, seven of nine points earned. Hmm. He's making a difference both in real life and in fantasy if you get the peripheral stats because he's getting a lot of crosses. He's getting, not, not uh, this week. Well, yeah, not this past week, but assisted shots, shots on goal. Uh, he 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 is a very good. Well, if he counts as a midfielder, a good midfielder, but he's even more valuable as a forward. Yeah, at least yeah, in DraftKings you don't get peripheral stats like like that, but they're not as high on the table as I thought they would be after this run. Like they're they're up to fourteenth. Well, you have to understand what they lost. But... You know, if you if you told me at the beginning of this season that their record signing fullback. Their record, or their second highest signing ever forward, their star forward from last season. Uh, Matt Ritchie has spent time uh, injured. Junior Stanislaus has spent time injured. If you had told me all that would happen to Burnmouth and they'd still be out of the relegation zone and actually comfortably so, I would have laughed at you. And forced Francis inside because of an injury, which turned well, out yeah, to be fantastic. Yeah, it's been. You're right. You know, we haven't even talked about guys like Tyrone Mings. You know, not 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 playing a game this season because of injury. Yep. Uh, Callum Wilson got injured early. Who I just you know, those are the two guys I just referenced before about record signings. It's it's amazing what they've been able to do with what they have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, and then and I think they broke their own record signing midseason uh, with Iturbe, who hasn't played. Much. Yeah. They yeah, and they're actually kind of doing it differently than Watford who have been trying clearly have slowed down offensively uh, and of trying to kind of lock up on the defensive side. But Burnmouth is like scoring goals. Somehow they're still minus 10, but the it's nice to see them going out and attacking as opposed to just trying to sit back. That part of the table is so weird. Burnmouth is in 14th with a minus 10 Watford's at minus one and Everton's plus 12. <laughs> Goal differential doesn't tell the whole story, does it? Clearly, it's it's. Uh, it, I really and, and this is the team that everyone's rooting for to stay up. Burnmouth. Yes. Yeah. They just don't want to see them relegated because the story's too good. They'll stay. I think so too, and I yeah. think they'll do it comfortably. Yeah. Simply because you know the I mean, bottom. They've got a ten point lead on Sunderland, who is now out of the drop zone. <laughs> and Norwich and Aston Villa have just looked terrible. Yeah. So I think it's really only one spot, and I think it's between two teams, and they both hate each other. Yep, that'll be fun. It'll be that. There, there may be deaths. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not kidding. Those two teams really dislike each other. Okay, 
this game is going to be really painful for me to talk about on multiple fronts. Uh, Everton 2, West Ham 3. West Ham are a second-half team. I think I referenced this uh, either a week or two ago that I think it was only Manchester City have scored more second-half goals mm-hmm. than West Ham, and they scored three more. In fact, they scored all three of them within 15 minutes of each other. Yeah. Was it even that long? And what really upset me is you, while driving <laughs> to Philadelphia, did not update your lineup, which is fine because I've, I've fallen victim to that once or twice. Uh, you started Diafra Sacco. I did. Who played a grand total of 22 minutes yes. and scored 20-something points. He did. Unbelievable. And you know what? And his stat line was really simple. One shot on goal, one goal, one assist. Mm. He had a yellow That's card. It. it could have been better. <laughs> yeah, so could have been nineteen. Yellow card. He could have. He could have gotten more points. Yeah. Um, he was but, not the but, reason I won. No, a third of your points came from Dimitri Payet. Yes. And in fact, I believe it was a third of your points were scored within one minute of each other, because uh, Dimitri Payet had an assist to Diafra Sacco, and. In the, and we just referenced Birdmouth, uh, Charlie Daniels scored, yes. and you had him too. And they all it, it all happened within a minute of each other. And I think DraftKings updated all three of those things at the same time. What's a little bit worse about it is that on the podcast last week, I don't know why I didn't think of updating my lineup. I didn't play anywhere else, so that's probably why I didn't do it. Um, I referenced that I had Daniel. I spent up on Daniels because I didn't have money left over. But I made a point that if somebody who was I thinking might not start maybe it was Morales who ended up getting me a minus two for his yeah, red card too. um the I had Morales too. yeah I forget who who I had referenced back then but I basically said if he doesn't start then I'll just sell Daniels and I'll get somebody better and if I had seen that Sacco wasn't starting I most likely would have downgraded Daniels to get somebody else and instead I didn't do anything and I got 35 and a half points the lesson of the day is always go with your gut even if they don't start yeah well i'm not sure i'm gonna say that but <laughs> <laughs> that's clearly the lesson here yeah um actually speaking of dimitri Payet, there is not a player on the planet or sorry a player in the premier league i don't i haven't looked at it for different leagues uh that has more touches in the opposition third he lives on the ball in the opposition third yeah and What's nice is that it's not like a Coutinho, I'm just going to shoot, I'm just going to shoot, I'm just going to shoot. Like he always has his head up and seems to apparently always always make the right decision. And he always takes corners. That helps. Yep. Every free kick, which he's very good at. Mm -hmm. He can score on those too. Yeah. I wonder, I mean, I assume they'll keep him. But you have to imagine. They they, they can pay him. Yeah. They move into the Olympic Stadium next season. Yep. That's one part of it. And also they're in Europe contention right now. Yeah, but it's Europa. You can't tell me if a Champions League... Uh, they're lead... one point... Aren't they one point off of City? Um, they are, yes. City's got a game in hand, though. And they're three back of Arsenal, which is nuts. This... I'm just saying, if... I'm just saying, too, is my yeah. point. Yeah, it's not, it's not out of the... Ru- they are they are closer. Well, Arsenal and City are closer to West Ham than they are to Leicester. Yes. Gosh. Let that sink in. Um, while you while you let that sink in, actually, we'll move on to Leicester, 
who traveled to Watford, who did their best to just pack it in and hope for nil-nil. But Leicester, those son of a guns, they get they get the winner they need, and it was Riyad Mahrez, a moment of brilliance. Uh, if you haven't seen it, I do recommend watching. Uh, it's all over the internet. Um, it's it's a special run that they're on, and they're, they're showing they can win gritty. They can win dirty. Mm-hmm. And Golo Kante was back, too. That helped. Mm-hmm. Uh, something, uh, something I learned this week is that Robert Huth has more touches in the opposition box and a lot of other defenders. Hmm. So um, I don't know what to make of that. Actually. I'm yeah, not really. sure. How, it, 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 it's, it, I think it was over the past few weeks or so. It's, it means that I think it means to me that Lester have gotten a lot of corners because they've won a lot of corners. And that's really the only time that Robert who's going to touch the ball inside the other opposition box. That makes sense. I uh, learned this week that he's six foot three and I thought he was like eight foot three. Yeah, he he looked like he would tower over Peter Crouch, which is impossible. Right, he does. I think, but apparently, yeah, okay. I, yeah, it's it's one of the it's one of those things. It, it's the opposite of it's the opposite of the Brad Guzon effect, where you think he's six foot nothing. Totally, five. Yep. It, it 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 must be the hair. I put Bronislav Ivanovic in that realm as well. I always think he's much smaller than he is. Apparently, he's really intimidating in person. Like he is, he is a very large and built human. Hmm. Haven't met the guy. Me neither. I'd love for him to come on the podcast if he'd like to meet us. That'd mm. be great. Because he's definitely a listener. I'm sure he's heard nothing but ringing endorsements of 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 what I've said about him. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't see why not. All right, let's move on to the Sunday games before I flatter myself way too much. Uh, Liverpool 2, Crystal Palace 1 in a game that had no controversy. It was just smooth from minute 0 to minute 90-whatever. <laughs> and then the last minute. <laughs> the crazy thing about that penalty was, well, first, actually, was how Christian Venteke apparently said, and he did, that as soon as he drew the penalty, he knew he was taking it. He knew he had to take it, actually, I believe was like his line. And it was like, um, there were like other guys on the field who definitely could have taken that penalty for them. I'm thinking like Jordan Henderson, um, mostly, who's the captain. But uh, Benteke decided that he was going to take it. He took it. Decent penalty. Cool um, as you like. Oh, no, no, yeah. no, 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 no. That was very skillful. He, when you I agree. No, no, I agree with you. Before you even touch the ball, you won. I agree with you. Um, the... The penalty, like, I I get that I, I we've seen that call go both ways. And it's a terrible call. Um I was it a terrible call? Like the guy clearly got his foot a little bit. Here's what I don't like about it. Well, actually, you know what? Here's what I like about it, but don't like about it. I I'll explain what I mean in a minute. I like the fact that the referee trusted his linesman who was telling him, I think 100% this is a penalty. Are we sure that's what he said? Yes. Because the, referee, seemed... the referee said that he didn't think it was a penalty, but he trusted his linesman. That, well, oh, I'm sorry. I know he said that. Uh, there was some question whether the linesman really was 100%. I mean, obviously, nobody talked to him. But like, there's, I, I saw enough feedback that said, if you're not 100%, then you, then you don't make the call. You don't this, is a, this, this is another case where, I, and I, I, I don't know where I stand on this, but a lot of people are saying that they should record the referee conversations and have them be released. Oh, gosh. 
I don't think anything good comes from that. Really? Yeah, I really don't. All right. I mean, you would know in this case that if the linesman thought that, you know, you know exactly what the linesman said to the referee to get him to blow the whistle. Yeah, but does it does it matter what he said? I mean, he said, obviously, is that enough to say it was a penalty? I don't want to start, like, hearing that they're not as confident. I think that only makes the situation worse. Going back to the fantasy Premier League side of this, do you think Christian Benteke is not enough to, you know, maybe start a game? I don't. I I think, uh, you know, they'll... I think Sturridge deserved it. And they're basically making sure that he doesn't break. But um, they've got a few non-Premier League matches coming up. So we're not going to really figure out what's going to happen until those matches are played. But I still think they're better with Sturridge and Firmino than with Benteke. And frankly, like, was drawing that penalty really that dominant of a performance to get him back on in the starting lineup? One drawn penalty that may not have been a penalty? I, I just don't think he... Yeah, and I, and I don't think he fits the system. That's well, that yes, I agree. I don't think I don't think he's uh, and Jurgen Klopp has accused Christian Benteke of still having too many bad habits from Aston Villa. Now, that's a great line, and I <laughs> wish that more managers would say things like that. Yeah, I would love this player if he didn't play for such a crappy coach at Aston Villa. Right. the The thing that got me about that penalty was that the the contact was so light, and he went down so hard, and. The the fact that he was given the penalty only encourages these guys to keep doing that, and that bothers me. Like, it shouldn't be a skill of the game to trick the referee. But it is. So, Liverpool, if you depending on which, which format you play, I think they have two double game weeks in, I, the, in the last ten games. I believe that's correct. So in season long, especially you, you stocks high stocks are high on Liverpool players. The the problem is, is that you don't know who's going to like, you know, I think, I, you, I think, you know, I, I think that makes your case for Firmino as the guy. I agree with you. Cause I think he's had something like 10 or 12 straight starts. Yeah. I think Henderson's in that realm as well in well, terms of knowing he's going to start. Yeah. Okay. And I think Coutinho I, is third yeah. or maybe Milner, although he got the red card. He'll serve that in the FA Cup, though. Happily. Yeah, that's my favorite. I feel I feel like some players do it on purpose. Juan Mata. Sure. Mm-hmm. They just don't want to play in the FA Cup, and they just want to take a vacation, a yeah. small vacation. I, I think, it, who was it, Sergio Ramos and Iker Casillas would do that all the time on <laughs> yeah. Madrid, yeah. something like that. Um, yeah, so I, that's my, that's the, I agree with you that Firmino is the call for those double game weeks. Um, and I'm not sure you can trust any of the forwards because you know they'll want Sturge to start one of them, but there's no way he starts both. And so if he starts, he's not going to start with Benteke and without Firmino. So it's like a double game week, but you're not really getting a double game week out of them. Yeah, and it, there, there are some players, you can't even guarantee that the fullbacks will play twice in the double game because uh, Flanagan's back now and he's playing a lot now. Yeah. Yep. I don't so, Yeah, it's weird. That's a that'll be a tough one. Yeah, and I think that the fullback position, especially remember, there was a stretch where Alberto Moreno was the best fullback in the Premier League. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. So, 
just, they're, they're, there's a lot of variables going around with Liverpool, and a lot of them are playing for their jobs because these, none of these guys are Jurgen Klopp's guys. Correct. And there's a except guy. For, actually, yeah. Except for. I was going to say, I think Firmino is the closest one to him. Well, I mean, obviously that was before, but. I he knows think. him just, just because he played in the Bundesliga doesn't mean he's one of Klopp's guys. True. But True. I, I think someone who Liverpool still currently has under contract but has loaned him out, who I think he's at Fenerbahce, uh, Lazar Markovic, I think would fit perfectly in Klopp's system because all he does is run. Yeah, that's a good uh, and he can score. One. But we'll see. Uh, we'll see. Uh, I think I think he's a guy who'll come in and he won't leave. I don't think he, I, I don't think he'll be transferred. I don't think he'll be loaned out again. Um, I think he'll be a nice depth uh, depth player for next season for Liverpool because that's primarily what they're thinking about. Uh, we haven't talked about Crystal Palace at all in this game, but I think we should. Uh, really? Do we have to? I mean, the goal was basically Liverpool failing to clear a corner four times. Right. So we learned nothing from that one. Um, Wickham's hurt, so now we have Adebayor. Great. Yep. Uh, Balassi is... Oh, Bob Bakary Sacco came uh, came off the bench in this one. Yep. So you may see Sacco come in at forward. Maybe, but that, that didn't work not, earlier this season. Not his best spot. Yeah, that the, there's this team. Uh, Alan, Alan Pardew is is an angry man. He should be. So they need punch in back. They did. Uh, that that missing, could be the difference. That could be the missing piece. Yeah, I think. He is out. Um, like I think he's coming back soon, but they they don't play this weekend, so maybe the next game week we'll see. Him. And he's got to get his fitness back, right? So uh, it may it may not be a minute until he gets back. But mm-hmm. let's get to the. I mean, Crystal Palace. I, I I spoke about them too much in the preseason. That was that was the problem. Probably. So I, I will do my best, Crystal Palace fans, not to do that next season. <laughs> Everyone thinks it's because it's the behind the bad special on NBC Sports. No, guys. I, I, I cursed them long before it was cool. <laughs> All right, let's move on. West Brom 1, Manchester United 0. Yeah. The Hawthorns were alive when they beat Manchester United. Um, I mean, Solomon Rondon, he, he's, he has like a 40% goal conversion in the past three or four games. Mm-hmm. So it, it won't last, but no. it's nice to see. I think what's bad about this one particularly is that I think Louis Van Hall started everyone he would want to start. I think we learned Marcus Rashford. People were a little quick. <laughs> Marcus Rashford. Maybe maybe Rashford for Rooney, but I think everybody else are guys that he wants. Well, it didn't help that Juan Mata got the red card. It really True. didn't help. But it's West Brom we're talking about here. It didn't help. Yeah. So it never does. He has a built-in excuse that he played for te- with ten men for seventy minutes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and and Mata obviously he's going to uh, Manchester United. They are that yeah, because they yeah they are still in the FA Cup. Yes. So he will serve his red card in the FA Cup as well. Right. So he'll, he won't miss any Premier League time. Yeah. Just you know, it's it's one of those games where I think it's. If it wasn't Manchester United, I would just say it's a one-off. But because it's Manchester United and they didn't score, you have to worry again that oh, where where the strikers are gone now because Marcus. If Marcus Rashford isn't on, then they won't score. You mean they're not shut down by Tony Pulis-led 
defense? Stop it. No. <laughs> Tony Pulis of five goals in the past two games? No. Do you know how many goals they've allowed on the road this season in 14 games? I'm going to say 28. 16. I was not even close. 16. It just, oh, how many have they scored? 11. <laughs> okay. okay. So I think that's all we need to know about Crystal, uh, oh, Crystal Palace. Oh, my God. He used the coach for them for West Brom. Yeah. <laughs> It's because, you know, I jinxed myself. I cursed myself. I can got curse anyone, including myself. There you go. I was trying to say that I would get you on one of those uh, misrepresentations, and then what I, what I do, I do the same thing to myself. Yeah. We should talk about who's not playing this weekend. Who is not playing this weekend, Andrew? Um, we have five matches that are postponed. It was four, and it became five when Arsenal beat Hull today in the FA, in the, yeah, FA Cup. So we have no West Ham-Watford. No Man United Crystal Palace, no Sunderland Everton, no Arsenal West Brom, which was the late game on Saturday. We have no Liverpool Chelsea. So we have, um, I don't know what the daily sites are going to do because there are three matches on Saturday. One of them is the 745 Man City at Norwich. Then the two 10 o'clock games are Stoke hosting Southampton and Burnmouth hosting Swansea. So you could theoretically make a two-game slate out of that one which sounds absolutely horrible oh my gosh sunday has one game which is aston villa spurs at noon eastern because we put our clocks uh forward and europe does not and then monday at four o'clock eastern is leicester hosting newcastle i i don't even know where you would find any fantasy help that that entire week leicester to start the entire team. Yeah. Start the right. Well, what could go wrong? You know, I, you know what? I I call for an experiment. I'm going to start the entire Leicester team mm. if I can. If I can. You can't. You can't. I think it's six. Well, I mean, match. you can't start all 11, but I mean, you, you can. You, I, I, I would so it's already in Mahrez. I would only. Wait, like, uh, you can't. Oh, I would just draw all from Leicester. Okay. I would take Conte. Well, Spur, take... Spurs at Villa. Well, here's my point. Here's my point. You know, you 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 dabble with your two high, really, you your high priced Harry Kane and your Christian Eriksen and fill in wherever you want with any other team. I'm just going to take all lesser and see what happens. Okay. Uh, you know, all Brighton, Conte, yeah, uh, Fuchs. You know what, Jeff Schlupp's if Jeff Schlupp plays, oh no, man, you can get some value. Now. He's not going to start. Uh, he won't. They don't switch that. Not not with Simpson back. No. Yeah, it's kind of ugly. I don't know. Uh, I want to make an addendum to the first thing that I said on the podcast about the DraftKings adding Europa League. They've also added Liga MX, which is the Mexican League, which feels even further away from something they should be doing. But it's there if anybody wants to play. Well, I mean, at some point, and then you're going to get your CONCACAF Champions League. I'm... I... I would be shocked if they didn't do um, Euros this week. Uh, this week, this summer, or the Copa America. I would love the Euros one. Yeah, I hate the Copa America. Actually, no, the Copa America would be good too. Never mind. I, I stand correct. <laughs> I would be. I bet they have both of those. Particularly, especially if they're doing Liga MX, they. It's like they can't not. They can't avoid those. Euros is like easily the best tournament in the world after the World Cup. So, um, that one should be fun. 
Yeah, well, uh, what won't be fun is this weekend's slate, and we'll have more of that not funness and maybe some <laughs> shenanigans on the next episode of the Roadwire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. Thank you for joining us. We will catch you again on Thursday. Yes, sir. For Andrew, I'm Mike. We'll talk to you then. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.